Geek Radio Daily for Weekend Eve. Some would even call it Jackbox Eve. But then you'd have to know that we're playing Jackbox tomorrow. Which we are. And you can come play with us because we are playing. It's happening. You can't stop it no matter what you do. Welcome to the 2nd of March. We're the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com welcoming you to National Banana Cream Pie Day. I mean, what else needs to be said? Bananas, creams, it's a pie. Lovely. The folks that are bringing it to you today, the man that might think a little too highly of himself, that there's podcasting Dred Sigfrid. A tractor beam of hotness. Okay, okay, whatever. Just calm your jets, okay? And me, I'm the guy that's got it all together, I promise you. I'm the wonderful Billy Flynn. I would never kill somebody, unless they piss me off. Then it's fair game. I'm just saying. What happened this fine day, sir? I love that that sounded like Kit from Night uh, from Night Rider. <laughs> in 1861, the Patent Act of 1861 increases the duration of a patent's term from 14 to 17 years. 1933 RKO Radio Pictures premieres the great granddaddy of all monster movies, King Kong, directed by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Shostak, starring Fay Ray, Robert Armstrong, and Bruce Cabot, produced on a budget of $650,000. The film will gross $89,931 over its first four days when tickets cost 35 to 75 cents. It's set an all-time attendance record for an indoor event. No kidding. 1948, William Willie A. Higginbottom is issued a patent for an electronic circuit for differentiating voltage waveforms. <laughs> if you're nasty. He invent- his invention was originally developed in 1942 for a radar bomb site, but the circuit will eventually come to be used in all analog computers so they're all able to find bombs 19 that's why minesweeper works 1949 the first <laughs> automatic streetlight is installed in new milford connecticut 1950 silly putty is released to the public the silicone polymer was accidentally invented in 1943 by james wright of general electric in the course of research into potential rubber substitutes 1959 an experimental push button phone is tested by the southern new england telephone company new haven connecticut to see if customers would dial fewer wrong numbers using buttons rather than a dial they had to specifically put their finger on to turn. What? Uh, what? 1961, seven MIB agents, an astronomer, and a dumb kid who went down the wrong back road encounter aliens outside New York. Aw. 1969, the Concorde supersonic transport jet makes its maiden flight. 1972, NASA launches the Pioneer 10 spacecraft from Cape Canaveral on a mission to explore the outer planets of the solar system. It will pass near Jupiter and Neptune before leaving the solar system. Uh, 1983, compact discs and players are released for the first time in North America, previously only available in Japan. 1995, Yahoo! is incorporated by Jerry Yang and David Philo just a little more than a year before its founding. 1998 data sent from the Galileo. Galileo space probe indicates that Jupiter's moon Europa has a liquid ocean under a thick crust of ice. Ooh. 1998 Wizards of the Coast releases the Magic the Gathering set Stronghold. It is the 21st set released in all, the 13th expert level set, and the second set in the Wrath Block. 1999 Hewlett Packard announces plans to split into two companies, both Hewlett and Packard, following the approval of the plan at a special board meeting. 1999 in Tokyo, Japan, Sony unveils the specifications for the next PlayStation video game system to 15 
invited guests. An emotion engine means that the processor is not that strong. 2000 Routers News Service reports that the personal data of 266 PlayStation 2 customers were leaked on a Sony Computer Entertainment website when 44 customers typed in other customers' order numbers. Sony is quick to offer assurances that the data did not include either credit card or telephone numbers. 2001 Napster pledges to begin blocking access to over 1 million copyrighted MP3 format music files pursuant to a new injunction being drafted by Judge Marilyn Hall Patel, buzzkill. <laughs> 2004, at a press conference, NASA scientists announced their conclusion that the Mars Exploration Rover Opportunity had set down on the surface of Mars in an area where liquid water once drenched the surface. 2005, the ESRB adds the rating E10+, plus to its rating systems to warn parents against certain types of violence that may not be appropriate for children under the age of 10. The rating was created in order to subdivide the E for Everyone rating into two separate ratings, one for younger children and one for older children. Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, which will be released on March 14th, will be the first game to bear the rating. But it just played music. Okay, 2006, Nintendo releases the Nintendo... I think it was some of the gangster rap that it included. (laughs) The Nintendo DS Lite, a redesign of the Nintendo DS in Japan, retails for 16,800 Y things, but due to excessive initial demand, many retailers are going to raise that to 23,300 Y things. 2008, Intel announces the new Atom brand processor, a family of low-powered processor chips for portable devices in which energy efficiency is a chief priority. The release marks Intel's entry into the netbook market. Its code name, Silverthorn. 2160, the Earth-Romulan War ends, taking a high toll on both sides, and the repercussions of that war will be felt for centuries. Through all kinds of people's birthdays. Huh? <laughs> Robert Iller is 38. AJ on Sopranos. Bryce Dallas Howard is 42 from Jurassic World. Victoria and Twilight, of course, is directing the hell out of a bunch of stuff, including Mandalorian. Did you watch Mandalorian? Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's already. Oh, that's right. It's already, Yesterday, last oh, night, baby. Oh, man. I got to. What, what, I'm not doing the show anymore. I'm going to go do that. You do the show. <laughs> All right. No, no, I didn't do yesterday. Fair enough. Daniel Craig is 55. He's Bond. Tomb Raider. Golden Compass. Lucky number Slevin, like a whole bunch of stuff. Fantastic actor. And do yourself a favor. Just go watch that video that Taika Waititi uh, directed. (laughs) You're not going to have a bad time. Lorraine Newman is 71 from Saturday Night Live, and it was just great what she did. Gates McFadden is 74. Dr. Beverly Crusher on The Next Generation. She was the director of choreography and puppet movement on The Dark Crystal. And, of course, the Muppets take Manhattan and Labyrinth. How's that for a geeky cred, huh? Mm. No longer with this point of state in 1886, Willis H. O'Brien, a sci-fi guru who brought us King Kong and the Lost World. 1904, Dr. Seuss, doctor of something, I guess, rhyming, I think. <laughs> Seussology. 1917, Desi Arnaz, best known for being Ricky Ricardo, and I love Lucy. <laughs> and, of course, uh, one half of Desilu with, without them... We wouldn't have Star Trek. Truth. And 1918, Michael Rye, voice of Apache Chief and Green Lantern in Challenge of the Super Friends, and the narrator for Dragon's Lair. Bold adventurer. Oh, such a good voice. Right. On CBS, we got a new young Sheldon ghost. Veronica asks Todd for help, but he soon begins to suspect she's out for revenge, (gasps) not justice. Margaret has taken off a high-stakes case, leaving her fuming on a new so help me, Todd. 
in a rerun of CSI Vegas. ABC's got Station 19, New Grey's Anatomy. And then a concerned citizen holds Eileen at gunpoint and takes her hostage in the newsroom, so the team rushes to help Eileen before time runs out on a new Alaska Daily. NBC has Law & Order, Law & Order Sabu, and Law & Order OC. Fox, Rice Guys finished last on a new Next Level Chef, a new Animal Control, and Call Me Cat. <laughs> Rice Guys. <laughs> Poor Uncle Ben. CW, following a disturbing revelation, Cordell and Cassie scramble to learn more about Gray Flag's sinister plans. Liam and Stella's new plan comes with the help of a major philanthropist. The Walker family joins forces to move a project along on a new Walker and a new Walker Independence. Free Forum's got Shrek forever after. AMC is Hitman. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not bad. FX has X2, and to this day, that opening scene is still, oh my god, that's incredible. You're not wrong. FXX Simpsons, but mostly Family Guy Marathon. FXM has Keeping Up with the Joneses. I still gotta watch that. It looks it looks charming. BBC America has Cujo. Paramount has Major League. That's a good movie. Siffy has Battle Los Angeles. That's not not a a good movie. movie. TNT's got your basketball. Science Channel has What on Earth? And a marathon of them. But tonight we're going to be watching the Lifetime Movie Network because Carolyn must help prove her daughter's innocence when she is falsely accused of murdering a fellow cheerleader. Laurie Fortier and Mark Herman star in My Diary of Lies. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. Kate and Will are investigating some jewel thieves who get the drop on them. They get kidnapped and have no way to contact the others. Kate is so mad she wishes she could break out and body slam these jerks. She knows with some TLC that they can get the drop on these crooks and then there ain't gonna be no complaints. Hashtag Jabby. Forever. Don't you have a letter to read or something? Well, yes. Yes, we do. Hi, geeks. Maybe I misunderstood the situation, but it sounded like a fan of Fry's was giving them free advertising by posting their flyers. What's up with that? I'm at work and I have to close. Stay safe. That is from Bill. Well, Bill, no, you're absolutely right. Some guy just decided, hey, I'm going to take the Fry's sales paper and I'm going to put it up on my website that's called Fry's Flyer. And the company had a tremendous problem with that. How dare you look to see what we have to offer people without looking at our own website? I have to this day, every year we read that, I'm like, what the hell was that about? Actually, I can tell you, it's as a marketing professional, it's all about click-throughs and views. And especially if you include ads on the website, then you're not getting those very important eyeballs on those ads. So you're not getting the payout that you need, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the contents of the, of the, <laughs> the, the, the newsletter or, uh, the money that individual stores would get. And now today fries, be like, Oh my God, somebody please put something about us on the internet. Hey, drop <laughs> us a note. Won't you? It's a podcast. You're not going to sue us, are they? <laughs> At Geek Radio we Daily. didn't think this go. Or, of course, a voice bill, a text message. You need these magic numbers. 510-G-R-D-Curl. We're also going to mention the Patreon. We're going to need it for legal expenses now. <laughs> a Whovian and a Nuvian walk into a TARDIS. And explore every episode of the classic Doctor Who series. Join me, podcaster John S. Drew, 
and me, writer editor Jim Beard, as we take apart each story starting from the very beginning in 1963. And join us on our Facebook page and Twitter, where we continue the discussion with you with historical artifacts from British papers of the time. The Doctor's Beard Podcast, released every Saturday around tea time on your favorite podcasting app. And we'll see you in time and space. This is Larry O'Mora, a fantasy illustrator for a long time, and you're listening to Geek Radio Daily. I'm sure you saw the picture that I shared again yesterday with my drinking buddy. <laughs> I love you, Larry. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Get ready. Prepare for blast one thing I knew is that my allies and I had just obliterated the largest horde of rabid zombies I'd ever encountered, and then suddenly, Chief Wiggum 49 and Halo is my bitch 12 decided to frag me. And vengeance will be sweet. What are we playing this week, sir? Oh, we've got Fitness Boxing, Fist of the North Star. Get fit with Kinshiro in the post-apocalyptic world of Fist of the North Star. <laughs> I'm going to be able to punch so fast. Now available for the Switch. If you've watched that movie, you should realize how scary that is. Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, a fantasy action game set in the Three Kingdoms era of China and developed by Team Ninja for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox, One Xbox Series X slash S. Skull and Bones. It's a naval combat game from Ubisoft Singapore, which takes the ship dynamics of Black Flag and makes it like a battle royale and there's PvE and stuff and it's available going to be for, for its PC and everything else. Maybe this was one of those, the dates that was uh, said before delayed. So we're oh. not sure. Hey, it might be out. Might not be yet. That's right. You got your fist in the North Star thing. I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> Film at 11. Geek News! Taking a look at the world. From a geeky point of view, Netflix has announced Stranger Things, The First Shadow, a stage play spinoff of its popular supernatural drama series, will premiere at the Phoenix Theater in London's West End later this year. None of the Spider-Man turn off the dark people are attached, are they, like George Santos? Uh, you two might be there. The story is rooted in the mythology of the series and takes place in Hawkins in 1959, a regular town with regular worries. Young Jim Hopper's car won't start. Bob Newby's sister won't take his radio show seriously. Joyce Maldonado just wants to graduate and get the hell out of the town. When a new student, Henry Creel, arrives, his family finds a fresh start ain't so easy, and the shadows of the past have a very long reach. Wait, no spoilers in how they turn out. The project is based on an original story by series creators, the Duffer Brothers, along with Nola Holmes writer Jack Thorne, Stranger Things staff writer Kate Treffy, and the latter writing the play. Tony-winning director Stephen Daldry is going to be directing, with co-directing from Justin Martin. Tickets for the play go on sale this spring. The real question is, will there be songs? Songs are important, especially if we could get a Rodgers and Hammerstein version. Then it would be one of my favorite things. During the recent Pokemon Presents... We finally got a look at the upcoming and highly anticipated Pokemon Sleep app. It was accompanied with an adorable live-action promo and some actual in-game footage. So highly anticipated that I don't think I even knew about it. In the app, coming later in 2023, you can check out all the irresistibly cute ways these creatures nap and sleep, and maybe they can help your sleep schedule it out a bit too. Described as a game that makes you look forward to waking up in the morning, the game has an isometric perspective and... Familiar faces, taking it easy and catching some Z's. There's only one thing that can make me happy I'm awake. 
and an app can't do it. As befits a Pokemon game, the title features Professor Neroli, who's researched Pokemon sleep. Basically, all you need to do is leave your smartphone within reach of your bed, and the game will measure your sleep. And records nothing. I'm sure. If you've ever used a sleep app before, this ought to look very familiar. You get a rough average of the overall time you were asleep and some fancy stat readouts for various bits of sleep data. Your sleep data gets crunched into one of those three sleep types, either dozing, snoring, or slumbering. Pokemon whose sleep type matches yours will appear in the game, which is an easy and adorable way to start to get a sense of how well you're sleeping. And it's not all boring clinical sleep terms, as we saw in the video. One unlockable sleep type is Goofy Sleep and features a slowpoke adorably sleeping on its back. How do you unlock things in a sleep app? In this day and age, there are so many different types of sleep apps, and if you're a Pokemon fan, you may find this useful. Now, it won't diagnose you with any sleep issues, but it will give some of you out there the chance to sleep with a Pokemon. And that's a thing some people want. Now I need to go burn my search history. <laughs> An 800-year-old mummy has been seized by police after a man boasted about it to his buddies. Oh, people are being way too harsh on Madonna. People <laughs> spotted three men right? drinking some booze at a nature spot, and upon closer inspection, they discovered the preserved remains of a man in a chiller box. The box belonged to one of the men, Julio Caesar, who worked as a courier. He said the mummy had belonged to his family for decades. In a chiller box? Uh, did he have... Thermoses filled with embalmed organs? Police discovered them at the Montaro viewpoint in the Peruvian city of Puno. The Ministry of Culture said the mummy is an important pre-Hispanic cultural asset. Caesar said he removed the mummy from his parents' house for his friends to see. He said his family bought it for 434 L's, pen 2000, whatever that is, up to 40 years ago. Huh. That's a, that's a pretty good price for a mummy. Way cheaper than my guy. He said, this mummy belongs to my dad. We're talking about 1980 or 1990 when it was still a lot of money. The delivery man's relatives arrived at the scene to explain that the mummy belonged to them. They added that they had tried in the past to sell it to a museum, but never received a firm offer. However, the authorities seized the relic and are deciding what to do with it next. Maybe they can get a better offer. It's unclear if the family intends to challenge the decision or seek compensation from the authorities. The Ministry of Culture immediately ordered for the aforementioned movable artifact to be seized in order to protect and preserve its heritage. Let this be a lesson to all of you out there. If you have a mummy or other ancient artifact that you're not supposed to have, don't take it for a walk. Especially if you're playing the bangles or rap music. <laughs> I uh, love puns. Spin Launch is a winner of the 2023 Gizmodo Science Fair for seeking to build a groundbreaking centrifugal launch system that can deliver small satellites to orbit cheaper, faster, and with reduced environmental harm. That sounds like something that will shot put things into space. The first test of the company's suborbital 108-foot accelerator at Spaceport America in the New Mexico desert have been promising attracting the attention of investors, members of the aerospace industry, the Defense Department, Homeland Security, and NASA. Kinetic Energy serves as the system's veritable first-stage engine for getting objects off the ground. An arm rotates rapidly inside a vacuum-sealed centrifuge chamber, spinning the launch vehicle to supersonic speeds before flinging it into the skies above. Called it! The New Mexico facility, dubbed A33, is a one-third scale model of the orbital version Spin Launch is hoping to build. But it has performed well, hurling 10-foot-long projectiles to altitudes reaching 25,000 feet, 
To date, 10 tests have occurred at A33 since October 2021. Just, you know, chucking things into space. Hell yeah. USA. USA. <laughs> Should all go well, the A33 mass accelerator will lead to an orbital launch facility with an arm that spins at 5,000 miles per hour. Once the full-scale system comes online, spin launch engineers will target altitudes between 31 and 44 miles, at which point the launch vehicle's propulsion stage will kick in to complete the journey to low Earth orbit. The finalized system should be able to launch satellites weighing 440 pounds to low Earth orbit. Wait, didn't they have a version of these in Halo? Spin launch says the system will result in a tenfold reduction in launch costs and a 70% reduction in the use of fuel compared to chemical rockets. What's more, the system should be able to perform around five launches each day. And that's for a single accelerator. Hey, baby, they're just loading them satellites up in there just like a clip. I love hearing about ways that private citizens are discovering to put things into space. Yeah, the idea is maybe wacky, but if it works, then who cares? Well, probably the person who will accidentally get yeeted into the sun because some low-wage worker forgot to carry a one at Acme Space Flingers. <laughs> Four months after Elon Musk took the helmet Twitter and promised to make it a loud mouth free for all Wonderland, the company has released yet another in a long line of major speech policy changes, this time announcing a zero-tolerance approach towards violent speech in a reversal of its previous stance. So much for free speech absolutism, man. These supposedly new policies look an awful lot like the old speech rules under the previous leadership, but Twitter says users may not threaten, incite, glorify, or express desire for violence or harm, or create content that incites or promotes others to commit acts of violence. In most cases, Twitter says it will permanently suspend users that violate its violent speech policies for other, less severe violations. Twitter says it may instead temporarily lock users in Twitter jail before they can tweet again. It's unclear what counts as less severe in this context. Oh, man, it ain't Twitter jail. It's called Twitmo. Man, I spent four weeks in there myself when I was said I was going to go down to Sesame Street with my AR-15 after I saw Oscar the Grouch give someone a compliment, and I thought he'd gone woke. In some cases, Twitter's new rules actually go further in clamping down on speech than policies in place prior to Musk's arrival. Specifically, the new policy prohibits users who wish hope or express desire for harm against others. Users are also prohibited from threatening to damage homes and shelters of infrastructure that is essential to daily civic or business activities. Yeah, but that ain't going to count for people I like. Otherwise... Well, that would be censorship and cancel culture. Besides, those people are probably going to go to hell anyway. Musk's new policies acknowledge unavoidable realities of operating any social platform at scale, something the so-called free speech absolutist apparently did not fully comprehend when he spent $44 billion on the platform. Sure, he's reinstated Donald Trump's account and no shortage of other poo hurlers, but... He's also overseen the suspension of journalists, complicity with state censorship in India, and even used the platform to exile a college student using publicly available data to track his private jet. Look, a private company can do whatever the hell they want. It's a private company, and you still have as much free speech as you had before. As long as you follow the TOS that you agreed to. Hey! You agreed to... There's rules, Okay. There are always rules. I don't give a damn what you libertarian kind of want to be person says. There's always going to be rules. Deal with it. That's just life. And otherwise, you couldn't play Monopoly. GOD is licensed in the Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial, not derivative works, not city, put license. Come check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, stop by the website, geekyradio.com. And you know what? If the government forced a company 
to keep people on this platform, that, that's that's socialism or, or communism. I don't even know what the hell they mean anymore. Some kind of isms. And apparently yeah. isms are just horrible. Ooh, ooh. Wait. Small government. Wouldn't an absolutist practice absolutism? <gasps> oh my God. Drop us into the podcast. But only the fifth deal in absolutes. Dot com. Or of course, voicemail text message this. 510-GRD. Peace. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Good night, suckers. Well, folks, I am out of here. So you're telling me it's a matter of probability and odds. I was worried there was some chance involved. Well, any of you seem to play with the best damn wins. So that will be what you call bluffing. You've heard the term. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand. You play the man across from you. And you're good at reading people. Yes, I am. Which is why I've been able to detect an undercurrent of sarcasm in your voice. I'm now assured our money is in good hands. You don't think this is a very good plan, do you? So there is a plan. I got the impression we were risking millions of dollars and hundreds of lives on a game of luck. What else can you surmise, Mr. Bond? About you, Miss Lynn? Well, your beauty's a problem. You worry you won't be taken seriously. Which one can say of any attractive woman with half a brain? True, but this one overcompensates by wearing slightly masculine clothing, being more aggressive than her female colleagues, which gives her a somewhat prickly demeanor. And ironically enough, makes it less likely for her to be accepted and promoted by her male superiors, who mistake her insecurities for arrogance. Now, I'd have normally gone with only child, but, um... You see, by the way you ignored the quip about your parents, I'm gonna have to go with orphan. 